We are live. All right. It's time for another episode of Not Another Catholic Podcast, huh? Oh, heck yeah. How are you, Father <laughs> Joshua? I'm good, Deacon Rory. I'm good. Here we are. We're all, uh, we're filming this, uh, recording this during Lent. We're already in Lent. You believe it? We're in Lent. We are in Lent. Almost more yeah. importantly, my sweater's gone to the wayside. Yeah, it must be warming up out there. It, it is warming up out here. and uh, uh, But I think it actually might be cold outside, but seminary's kind of one of those weird things where it's like, if you're uh, if you're inside for a long time, you don't really know what the weather is outside. Which is yeah. Awkward. When was how many days ago was the last time you were outside? That's always kind of the uh, question. I think I was outside yesterday, which is that's good. good. Which is a good. That's good. It's yeah. A good way Healthy. To, yeah, I think that's what adults do. I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they try to step outside, get some fresh air occasionally. Do you, uh, do you have a new uh, a newly branded uh, uh, coffee mug for us today? Are you? Uh... You know, I kind of fell behind today. I was I was just thinking before I got your text. I was thinking, I'm going to make myself a cup of coffee, and then we're going to be ready to go. But then you need to meet a little earlier today. So I was like, oh, shoot. So oh, no. I'm like, oh. So, it's all falling so, apart. So there's it's no coffee mug right now, which pains me greatly. Um, and I can still see my bag of goldfish over on the other side of the room, and I can't get it because I'm trying to be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's already, I think you've already lost that. You have a bag of goldfish in your room. Okay, I'm sorry if the people of God want to send me goldfish. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. People are so good. You know, I, I always, I always, I always laughed in seminary because I was like, you know, if at any other point in my life, a stranger had sent me food in the mail, like no way would I just, you know, but then suddenly in seminary, I was like, oh, handmade, homemade cookies, whatever, goldfish. Yes, let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. People are so good. Oh, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. Yeah, I haven't had to buy coffee in a long time. Uh, one of my, <laughs> one of my, the great people back home sends me a, a bag of coffee, a box of coffee every so often. So I'm like, yes. that's great. That's good. I'm glad somebody's taking care of you. Yes, exactly. Lord knows <laughs> some people aren't. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, what's on the docket today? What, what did we say? It was. I think we're up to, so we just finished the homily, uh, the bishop gives the homily, and then right after the homily, it's time for you to make your promises. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is time to make promises. All right, so uh, let's take a look at the document. Let me switch over the screen here so people can see what, we're, what I'm looking at. Um, so on the top of people's screens, hopefully, if we've worked our technology correctly, uh, it should say, after the homily, the elect alone rises and stands before the bishop uh, who questions all of them together in these words. Dear sons, before you proceed to the order of the priesthood, you must declare before the people your resolve to undertake this office. And then he goes into the first, the first one. But I think that, that, begin, that first line, first like sentence is important, right? So we've already talked about how with the sonship of, of the of the of the bishop, uh, the priest towards the bishop, right? Um, but I also think I, I like the fact that you're declaring before you go into this office your resolve. But it's almost funny, like the resolve isn't the isn't the office, you know. You know, <laughs> the, you know the promises are do not make the priesthood uh, in a very real way. You know, they're, they're an outgrowth of the, of the priesthood. Are you ringing or am I? <laughs> that was on this end. Sorry. Okay, all right. No, it's fine. I'm not sure. That's fine. Whoever got. 
whoever whoever got that whoever's calling listen to the podcast you got you got a shout out <laughs> last time last last time we recorded by the way uh my phone started to ring and i picked it up really quick and uh couldn't figure out how to put the call on hold or anything and so that person i think did hear like like a while of us just talking i have no idea exactly what happened they were probably um, greatly moved <laughs> move, move to never call me again um I, you know, also that, that point about it's not just the result, but also like, who do we declare the promises to? I mean, we're declaring to the bishop, but it, it's the right makes it clear that it's important that this is done before the people of God. So it's not again, this is a public thing that we're doing. It's not just um, uh, it's not just between you and the bishop. It's it's before everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so then we go into the first promise. Do you resolve? to discharge unfailingly with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the office of the priesthood in the presbyteral rank as trustworthy co-workers with the order of bishops in feeding the Lord's flock, which is a mouthful. <laughs> 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 and you better say I do. because <laughs> um, you, know, you know, just to say another word about that word resolve, mm -hmm. um, you know, resolve... We can resolve to do things that we know are going to be impossible for us, but we can resolve to do it. I always think that when I'm in the confessional and you get to the act of contrition and it always it ends with and I um, resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. Well, OK, we all know that we're not going to be saints as soon as we walk out of the confessional. We all know we're going to most likely fall into into some sort of sin again. But it's that like to have the resolve to do something, even though we know it's going to be really, really challenging for us, is still worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what these these promises are going to ask us to do. Like, am I am I always every day going to discharge unfailingly the office of the priest? I mean, I'm going to do my best, <laughs> you know, but I do I resolve to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Even though I know, am I going to always be able to live up to that? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you just look at the, the language here again, right? To discharge unfailingly. Unfailing. That's, like, they're not they're not ambiguous about this at all. Like, like, it's very, very clear. Like, this is a complete 100% no holds bar. You're in You're in this. Um, yeah. I love that. I love the, that point about it's not promises. They're, they're resolutions in some ways, which is kind of beautiful. Um, mm, yeah. I mean, there are promises, but the question is, do you resolve? Um, yeah. Uh, and then with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, again, we're ordained under the power or with the power of the Holy Spirit, not because it's not a, just a juridical act. It's not just a legal action like, oh, we're signing papers and therefore it's a contract, but there's a, there's a spiritual, real spiritual action that's happening here. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, go ahead. Well, then, you know, this, this idea as, as trustworthy co-workers with the bishops, you know, like, like, that's why the bishop ordains priests, right? Because the bishop can't be in everywhere in his diocese all the time. So he needs priests to help fill that. Out. And we, I think that's something that's really important for us to remember as priests, that we're not, we're not independent contractors. We are co-workers <laughs> with the bishop, you know? Right. It's not, yeah, you're right. And on a, on a, what you might call, well, I don't want to use, I don't want to use a word that doesn't make any sense. But like on one level, right, like like the bishop is, is here in a real way. And then he kind of has two like anchors outside of him, which one is the diaconate and one is the priesthood. And mm -hmm. we're not on the level of the, of the bishop. As we mentioned before in the 
well, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about the procession in, how the bishop sometimes wears the dalmatic with the chasuble to show he has the fullness of the priesthood, right? right. That we're working with him. We're working with him. Uh, to feed the Lord's flock, in feeding the Lord's flock, that's the goal, right? That this is what we're ordained to do. Um, nothing else. There's nothing really extra. Um, again, going back to like we said last time, it's not an extra thing to feed the flock. It's <laughs> it's the thing. It's the thing we're doing. <laughs> and we resolve to do so unfailingly. Unfailingly. With the help of the Holy Spirit. And. And, you know, the, again, just like at the beginning, when when your first when your name is called and you just stand up and say present again, it's such a simple thing. Like you, you say, I do. Right. I do. Um, and it's it's that same sort of feeling like it's it's um, it's such a simple thing that you do to commit yourself to this high ideal. Yeah. And it is a high ideal. It's it's completely beyond us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, well, and this one goes in actually that kind of that point about that high ideal kind of leads into the next one really nicely. Uh, do you mm -hmm. resolve to carry out the ministry of the word worthily and wisely in the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the Catholic faith? Do I've been preaching for since the summer uh, somewhat regularly, and I can honestly tell you I don't always preach wisely, but I definitely I definitely show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many times when when I'll get going and I think that things are going well. And then it's like, you get to the, Oh boy, I did not stick the landing of that, of that homily at all. I did not, I did not wisely end that. And then at the same time, that, that, <laughs> what am I even worthy to be up here anymore? <laughs> you know? Um, but that's so important worthily and wisely. I mean, the, the words that keep coming back to me were from the diaconate ordination when you receive the book of the gospels. And I think it, it comes up in this ordination as well as, Oh, it came up during the homily. That's right. Um, the book, the, the book of the gospels is handed to the new deacon and the bishop says, um, believe what you read, teach what you believe, practice what you teach. And that's such, that's, that keeps coming back. And the only way we're going to be able to do this, to do that, to, to proclaim the gospel, to teach the Catholic faith worthily and wisely is if we is if we take those words to heart, if we do believe what we read and teach what we believe and practice what we teach. Exactly. And I think that as we well, as we continue a little bit further on and we, we get to the point of the actual giving of the chalice, all this kind of comes together in that moment, right? The, that everything kind of comes from this one order. Again, which is why it's important. Uh, we talk about the resolution, how it's like, okay, I can't promise that I'm always going to teach worthily and wisely, like, uh, but I can be resolved to always strive to do that, right? Right. And, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, with obviously by remaining close to the church and so forth. Exactly. Uh, good. And then the next one. Well, let me let me just scroll up a little bit so people can make sure we see the full thing here. They will make sure they know that the elect is saying I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the next one. Um, do you resolve to celebrate the mysteries of Christ reverently and faithfully according to the tradition of the church, especially in the sacrifice of the Eucharist and the sacrament of reconciliation for the praise of God and the sanctification of the Christian people? All of these things are like they're, they're mouthfuls. They're just like there's so many. If, if you're not a, like a regular like theologian, <laughs> you can't just take a sentence like this and be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, celebrating the mysteries of Christ. It's such a beautiful thought, you know, because in the day-to-day -day 
you know, practicing of, of your ministry and the day-to-day practice of the faith, um, we forget that that's what we're doing when we celebrate the sacraments, I think. We're celebrating the mysteries of Christ. Um, and that's, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Every sacrament we celebrate is a moment of grace, a moment of connection between God and his people. And um, that's that's what we resolve to do, to do that faithfully and reverently. Yeah, and in the in the West, we tend to use the word sacrament, which is appropriate and, and fitting. It's it seems to me in the Eastern liturgy, and I'm sure you might know better than me on this one, but in the Eastern, our Eastern brothers, they tend to use the word mysteries to describe to to refer to sacraments, which I think we, when we look at that word mystery, we think murder mystery, you know, like Agatha Christie and all this stuff, and that's that's not what we're talking about here, right? A murder a mystery is not in Catholic world. It's not something to be resolved as it is a continuous unfolding of reality um, mm. that, that you can never really quite see the thing perfectly. You're never, you're never all the way there, right? Like every person is a mystery unto themselves and unto, the, unto each other. Um, and Christ is, is a great mystery, right? How did God become really become man and, and all this other and, and these, these, great, these great mysteries of how this really works? How does simple bread and wine really become the body and blood of Christ? Um, but I, personally, I, I'm a. Some of the priests will laugh if, if they. If some of the priests at the seminary heard this, they'd laugh a little bit because uh, they know I'm probably underplaying it. But I'm a bit of a traditionalist in some ways. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore traditionalist. But but I, I like the way that they say the tradition of the church. And sometimes we think of tradition as something that's okay past. Like okay, well, people used to dress in this way, and we don't do that anymore. But sometimes we call it traditional garb, right? Uh, if they if they wearing that thing from eighteen something or seventeen something, that's traditional garb or something. Like that. But it, but that's not again. It's not really what we're meaning by tradition, right? It's not something that's old and past. It's something that's still continuously resolving. That we recognize that we're still within the same line, the same growth, like how we'd recognize a, a, a seed growing into a tree. We recognize that there's a connection. They're not going to look exactly the same, but recognize it's within that same vein of thinking, if you will. Yeah, and and I, it's it's important for us to remember we we're being ordained into um, into the Roman Catholic Church. You're not you're not being sent out to create the Church of Rory. <laughs> you know, Thanks. there'd be a lot more hats. I'm just going to say there'd be more hats. My head is always cold. We'd always have hats. Um, you know, it it's and and even even. Even today, you'll run. We run into situations where we're asked to do something that's not according to the right of the church, according to the missal, according to the tradition that we've received. And um, I think it's a really, it's a really valuable thing for us to remember that um, we are being sent out to continue this tradition of the church that we have received. It's not, it's not mine. It's not yours. It's the church's. Exactly. Exactly. And. You know, uh, the book that the priest reads from at Mass, the Roman Missal, it's it's very, very clear like what the priest can and cannot do in some ways. And sometimes some of it's open for interpretation at times. Um, but one of the things I like to tell people when, I, when I'm describing different parts of what happens at church, like that particular book should give everyone a little bit of confidence because anywhere you go in the world, ideally, <laughs> 
every priest is abiding by that ritual. That's our faith. It's not the faith of the priest. It's not the faith of this particular bishop or this. It's it's, the, it's again, it belongs to the entirety of the church. So for us, as we're ordained to work again faithfully with the bishops, as we're ordained under the bishops to be fellow workers with him, we have to abide by that because that's out of. It's part of the dignity of what the, what the ritual is. That it's, it's every it belongs to the people of God. It's not up to my personal choice and whim to change it as I will. In in fact, the goal is for us to kind of disappear into the tradition, you know, it, to disappear into Christ as we celebrate these these mysteries. Right. I, I would want to say just before we go on to the next one, just I, I thought it was really cool that you know we have seven sacraments in the church, and I just think it's really I think it really says something that in the promises themselves they specifically named two and it's the eucharist and reconciliation uh someone had said to me a while ago and uh, uh i was a little upset by it that they had said this to me they said well you should know something about being about judgment because you you you're catholic and i was like i i kind of wanted to turn to them and say you know we're the i'm pretty sure the only religion in the world that has an instituted sacrament or, or something like that that says no matter what happens, you walk in here, you're forgiven. <laughs> like, I, I get the, I get that maybe we we might sound judgmental people, but, but, but we're the, we've instituted forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, it's part of our job that we promise to forgive people. Like that's our, that's a, again, the fact that it's, it's pointed out in this particular sacrament is beautiful. I mean, that people are, are, are made to, as humans for all brought to this, this sacrament to be reconciled to God, right? Like, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to me. Yeah, and what is it that makes us makes us priests? It's especially so in the celebrating the Eucharist and celebrating reconciliation. Exactly. Um, and, and a final point there, why do we celebrate these mysteries reverently and faithfully? For the praise of God, first of all. Right. You know, I, I just love it. It's what, what we're here to worship God. And then the second is to, for the, to make holy the Christian people, to make everybody there holy. Exactly, exactly. And that's, yeah, it's, ah, oh, it's so good. Okay. <laughs> um, so the next one is, let's take a look. Do you resolve to implore the mercy of God, mercy of God for the people entrusted to you with the zeal for the commandment to pray without ceasing? <laughs> it's definitely the one that I think that we don't think about a lot. I think we think about the, the sacraments, we think about the celibacy one, we think about obedience. This one doesn't seem to be brought up very often, especially like in, in the talks I've heard about priesthood and, and the promises. I, this one doesn't seem to be talked about very often. Well, to me, this this is more, it's more stated explicitly in the ordination uh, to the diaconate, where it specifically says, uh, talks about praying the liturgy of the hours. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of a, a reminder of that, the, the, the idea of praying the liturgy of the hours, the prayers that the clergy pray, and many lay people as well, um, where you pray at least five times a day. Um, Praying, praying with the Psalms. Um, that's a way that we pray without ceasing. The church around the world right now, there is always somebody praying those Psalms. Um, I would even say that in some ways, this is actually part of our uh, prophetic office in some ways. Uh, so, you know, everyone, when you're baptized as a, as a baby or as an adult, you're baptized priest, prophet, and king. And there is a prophetic dimension uh, or the teaching dimension of, of, the, of the priest in some ways. And you might even say that this is you know, part of the sanctifying office of the priest and the ruling office of the priest. But I almost might say it's part of their prophetic identity as a Christian, right? I mean, a good chunk of the prophets, like Moses, and, well, the fathers of the faith, Moses, more fathers of the faith, but 
but the problem is they're they're imploring mercy in some ways, uh, and they had this they had this unfettered zeal for the commandments, right? Uh, and, and just to to go out and to, and to implore the mercy of God for people. Um, so yeah, I just thought those. I mean, uh, well, and even even just this this concept that that there are people entrusted to you as a priest, and part of your duty is to implore the mercy of God for those people. You know, when you have care of souls, when you're in a parish, when you're at a school, when you're at a camp, whatever it might be, a hospital, um, there are people entrusted to you for you. you it is your obligation, your duty to pray for them. Um, and that's that's a wonderful thing um, and an important thing. Exactly. Uh, okay. Next one. It's not the, quite the last one yet. We still have one more to go, but do you resolve to be united more closely each day to Christ the High Priest, who offered himself for us to the Father as a pure sacrifice, and with him to consecrate yourselves to God for the salvation of all? This one, I, I just think this one's beautiful. I, like This one is just like, it, of all the other ones, like the other ones, I feel like they get so technical. This one seems fairly less technical to me in some ways and just very almost personal um uh i just like the fact that it says more closely each day like it's a very tangible very tangible way of looking at the promise every day you wake up you you eat breakfast you you go to work you do like every single day doing that whole thing do you resolve to be more closely to christ the high priest as a sacrifice to the, as a pure sacrifice to the Father, right, and to consecrate yourselves uh, to God for the salvation of all, which is just, um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful to me. Yeah, yeah, and and you're you're right. It's this every day. It's every day. Am I going to be more united? To, am I going to try my best to be reunited to Christ, the High Priest? And I mean, this is the one. This is the one promise where we don't just say "I do." <laughs> Right. Right. This is this is so important and so um, necessary that we implore the help of God. I do with the help of God. That's that's how important this is. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, people will see that on their screen right now. I do with the help of God. It's it's really confusing sometimes, I think, to see it uh, for people, um, which is because it's actually really kind of detaining to watch it in the context of the mass because people priests we don't always know when it's coming up because sometimes we in the moment we kind of forget which uh which one we're praying and so we're like okay do i say i do with the help of god now or do i wait for yeah, the next one yeah. wait for it wait for it um yeah so let's yeah. uh so if you notice on uh the on the paragraphs at mark 125 uh for it's on your screen i just scrolled up to it uh, then the bishop puts aside the pastoral staff the crozier and each one of the elect goes to the bishop individually now and kneeling before him places his hands between those of the bishop um, if the bishop is the elect's ordinary that is for us uh in the diocese of manchester that would be uh, uh bishop abashi but uh and he says do you promise respect and obedience to me and my successors and hopefully the person responds i do <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, we got a problem. So basically, that means like I would put my hands like this, and he would put his hands around my hands, and that's when I, that's when he would ask me something. The only thing I I say is I do or I don't. 
<laughs> you do. I do. I do. I you trust do. me. You do. <laughs> you, you're gonna want this one. It's good. <laughs> and am am I right? Am I right in saying this that this is the only one that's the only uh, the promises that you make when you're a, uh, ordained a deacon and a priest? This is the one that's actually repeated. Yeah, it, it is the one that's repeated. It's interesting. Uh, like celibacy isn't really repeated, which is interesting. Um, you know, uh, I think we, we think about it promising celibacy, but really we've already, deacons already promised celibacy at this point. So it's not really repeated. Um, right. but obedience is, that one is definitely clear. Like, okay, like yeah. be clear about this. you clear. <laughs> Don't forget. Don't forget. You're Don't promising you, obedience. Don't you dare forget that you're, <laughs> you belong to me now. Um, and I think, I think there's a lot of confusion about what that means. Like what does priestly obedience, um, mean? I mean, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like the bishop tells us what to eat for dinner every night or, or something like that, you know? Right. Um, but there is a sense of he is our, our father and we need to have, we need to follow him as sons and be obedient to him as sons. Yeah. And, and like we said, how, how it's under the office of, of the bishop, right? Like our promises, if you will, are binding or they, they, they apply to my role as a priest, to my, to your role as a priest, right? So um, it's not binding on me as, as a layperson as such in different ways it is, but, uh, but really it's about according to your office, um, which we've, you know, it's a topic we've talked about a lot, right? That obedience to God is, is conducive towards holiness, that these two mm. things are not separate from each other, nor are they really like right beside each other. They're really kind of one and the same, like obedience is part of holiness. It's a part of holiness. Um, yeah, it's. And it can be difficult depending on who your bishop is. Sometimes it, it, it can be more difficult for some guys. I know some guys who have, who have struggled in some in some of that area. Uh, they've still made the promise and they love because they recognize what it is. But I think it's difficult. It, it, it is it is a sacrifice. It is it is a sacrifice you're, you're giving up. And I think uh, we don't want to we don't want to make it so sound so holy that like it make it sound like it's easy because it's really not really holy. Things aren't necessarily easy. But I do think people. I, I think we want to be clear about that. That it, it's a it's a sacrifice. Something you're giving up. That it's not fun or necessarily it can be so obedience can be fun i'm sure <laughs> there are some things when it's great to just be like oh the bishop asked us to do that so that's why we're doing it oh and gosh like, i can't wait done, done and dusted you know like when you're when you're uh when you're an associate uh pastor in a parish you're like well that's what the pastor wants so you know that's uh that's on him uh, <laughs> exactly you know just one last thing on this, uh, uh, just the, the concluding remark of the bishop. After all these promises have been made, and you mentioned this kind of fatherly role of the bishop. And to me, this is the most fatherly line of the whole piece, where he says, after this, all the promises are done, you just said, I do to obedience. And he says, says, may God who has begun the good work in you bring it to fulfillment. Which means like, that's a good, beautiful fatherly line to say like, and, and usually I, I always like how our bishop tends to have a little bit of a smile on his face when he does it. Just like this, like, you made it, kid. Like, good job. <laughs> uh, sometimes this New Yorker comes out. I don't think even if, he, if he's not trying. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, yeah. piece. It, the acknowledgement that it's God who has started this and it's God who's going to finish it. Right. And we're, as much as we put our heart and soul into it, push comes to shove, we're along for the ride. Um, on the on the tidal wave of grace. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty that's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's, we, we just hope that's the title for my memoir. <laughs> I'm just hanging ten on the wave of grace. <laughs> you hippie, you. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Oh uh, well. Well, I think 
I think that's the end of the promises. That's probably a good spot to, to wrap so. it for today, huh? Do you want to close us in prayer, Father? And we'll we'll see uh, see people in uh, two weeks, hopefully. <laughs> All right, let's do it. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to reflect again on the priesthood and the promises that are made during the ordination. We ask that you bless all priests. We ask that you make it so all priests can be true um, more and more to these promises that they have made. And we ask you to inspire many more young men to follow after your son into his holy priesthood. And I ask your blessing on us and on all those who listen to this podcast, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Josh. Thank you, Dick and Rory. All right.